Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junta, and we're here with a recurring friend of the show, massive, massive guest. He is NL East champion. Is that good? You tell me and just had one of the most ballsiest performances of all time last week for the Atlanta Braves. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Tyler Matzik. What's up, Tyler? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. And I, I'll be honest, man. I mean, when you're wa- when I'm watching these national te- national televised games and stuff, and I'm hearing them talk about you, a little part of me gets jealous because I'm like, listen, I knew this shit way before you guys did. I knew he was going to be a dog. I knew he was going to be a wagon. And now everyone's hopping on the bandwagon, which is fine. But I wanted to play a drinking game, man, because every time you come in the game and the national broadcast mentions he was out of the game of baseball, played indie ball last year, you take a drink. They mentioned it an uncomfortable amount. How many questions did you get about that? Because it seems like every time you're interviewed. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody asked me, but that's because it's part of my story. Um, you know, less than a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I was in indie ball. And, um, you know, now I'm playing playing in, uh, you know, postseason baseball and Major League Baseball. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's one of the craziest things ever, man, because I remember I did this. So I posted on my story, just like I do when you come in the game. I said, it's Tyler Matzik time. And a guy that plays for the Jays, Kevin Smith, front of the show, just responded to the story and said, this guy is nasty. And which I, it feels <laughs> like that's just a regular occurrence now because everyone that has watched you or anyone that's come, came in contact with you in the Braves just says, you're disgusting. So what do you think this year has made you different from when you used to play for the Rockies? Like what kind of pitches have you, I guess, groomed or got better with that just because your stats speak for themselves, right? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's not so much, you know, the stuff is any different. Um, I think it's just more the mentality, man. Like, you know, backs against the wall, it's um, 29 now, and it's, uh, you know, go out there and do it or people are going to forget about you. So I just go out there and, and give it 110% every time. Um, go out there, do my job, and I want to do it as, as well as I can. I can't tell you that, you know, the stuff's any different or anything like that. It's still the same stuff. It's just the mindset behind each pitch. Yeah, and, and for the people listening, man, I mean, if you watch your last appearance, you were letting that shit eat. I mean, you, I think it was like 98 paint, 97 paint, just letting it sing. And I wanted to talk about that at bat with Moustakis. You come in, bases loaded, everyone's thinking, all the people that bet the Reds are like, Jesus, all right, here we go. This is the opportunity for me to win this bet. Tyler Matzik just punches you in the mouth and says, no, sir, good morning, good afternoon, and good night to Mike Moustakis, Shmalia three-pitch strikeout how ballsy was that did you feel like I am a dog after that because I would have I would have been the cockiest human ever I mean I was pretty pumped it was a huge situation in the game like you said bases loaded and my job right there is to come in and get the strikeout so uh, I executed my plan you know me and uh, Travis catcher were on the same plan and uh, we went curveball curveball and then we went all right let's let it eat and uh, fastball up and he swung at it so yeah, it was just part of the plan and, um, you know, went out there and executed it. And my neighbors will probably think I'm a psycho because when that happened, I screamed at the top of my lungs, <laughs> let's go. I was, I'll be, I could have been there. You would have heard me if I was there. Let's just say that, man, because I had a little bit, little alcohol in me. I was ready to go. I was fired up, but I want to talk about that game, man. I mean, holy, what a snooze fest of a game until you came in. I mean, I was ready to just turn the TV off. And then I got the alert that team Matic's coming in, but how crazy was that series? The Reds, did, they didn't even score a run, right? They didn't score a run? No. They didn't even yeah, score a run in a, 23 innings. 
And then you yeah, and then it was just one of the most boring series ever because you think two highly powered offenses, it turned into a pitching show. So how crazy was that series for you? Yeah, I mean, if you like if you like pitching, that was the series to watch because guys were going in on both sides and, you know, doing their job. You know, I mean, you got to tip your cap to to the Reds as well. You know, they they were facing a tough lineup. Our lineup is not easy. We did it in that whole summer camp and all that stuff. And I know those hitters are very tough outs. So, I mean, it was impressive on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, our offense pushed off, pushed, pushed over a couple of extra runs and, um, you know, we ended up winning the series, but, you know, I think our offense is going to come alive here in the next series and, um, you know, maybe take a little pressure off the pitching, but, you know, we're ready to roll. We're ready to keep going. Yeah, no, it's just, it, it, it's pretty cool, man, because you would have, if you would have told me like, let's say two months ago that if the, the, the Atlanta Braves would score. What was it? How many runs did you guys get? Four? I think they got a total of six. Yeah. I think it was one in the first game, obviously, in the walk-off. Yeah. And then uh, we had one up until the last inning of the second game. The second – we put four up in that last inning, you know, with some insurance runs. Yeah. So, if you would have told me that the the Braves would have scored six runs and would have won the series 2 nothing, I would have told you you were a moron just based off of that fact. And I'll be honest. I, I genuinely thought – I thought it was going to go to game three. I thought it was going to be Reds. I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be really close, way closer than I thought it was. But after you struck out Moustakas, which is one of the things I was talking about, let's make baseball fun again. You stared down that Reds dugout, which is which was let's just say incredible because Trevor Bauer does it to you guys. <laughs> Trevor Bauer was doing he was doing the Conor McGregor walk. What what happened? I heard they were saying stuff to you. Is that what was going on? <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I struck out Mustakas, and I didn't. I didn't stare at him then. You know, you know, it was. Uh, you know, I screamed out, "Let's go!" You know, you and I were probably yelling at each other. You know, we probably hear each <laughs> other. Um, you know, because it was pumped up as an, you know, a big exciting part of the game. But I wasn't looking at them. I was just, you know, trying to get my team pumped up. Next inning, I come out, uh, base hit, another base hit. Now I got runners at first and third, nobody out. And um, as I'm walking back to the mound after covering third, I'm, I'm telling my head this guy is not scoring. And so I got up on the mound and I'm, I know what I got to do. I'm like, all right, I'm getting, I'm striking these guys out. So first guy strike out, second guy strike out, struck out that third guy. The whole inning they've been chirping. I, you know, I threw a couple of balls that were high. You know, I hear them yelling stuff and, and just chirping, kind of just not, not cheering for their guy to do good, but cheering for me to mess up. And so I'm like, all right, well, that gives me free range. Just do whatever I want. So I go ahead, I strike the third guy out, I turn around, and they all, I mean, they got dead quiet after I struck that guy out. So I turned at him and I said, hey, keep cheering, keep cheering, you know what I mean? And then I walked <laughs> off the field. <laughs> Dude, I've heard that, I've heard that throughout Major League Baseball. I've heard that there's teams that, like the Cubs, for instance, that just treat it like a, like a, a softball or like a 12-year-old baseball team's bench where they're doing chants and stuff. Is it like that, being a relief pitcher? You just hear these guys chirp, chirp, chirp from the dugout most of the time? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind the, like, you know, chirping's fine. I think it's, you know, good to encourage your team. But I think you draw the line when you start, you know, wishing the opponent to do something bad, you know. I'm going to cheer my teammate on. I'm going to cheer – want him to go out there and succeed. And if that means your failure, cool. But I'm not rooting for your failure in order for my teammates to succeed. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just my personal thing. And, you know, they, they've been doing antics like that. You know, Bauer's been, been doing all those – crazy things whatever he's been doing chugging beers behind the, the mound and all this stuff so I mean if those guys are gonna get sensitive about it you know that's 
whatever. I mean, if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it too. So I don't think they are, you know, and, but, but I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. I I wouldn't suspect they were mad because like I said, if I, when I haven't been in battle like you in the major leagues, obviously, but if I'm in a chirping war with someone and they come at me with a chirp and I'm like, you got my ass. Like that's a good chirp. I feel like it was a mutual respect. They kind of gained for you there just based off the fact that, you have faced so much adversity thinking about that. That Moustakis at bat, you give up a single to our guy Winker, you give up a single again, and the guy goes first to third. And next thing you know, you look at the scoreboard, it's 0-0 again, and the Reds couldn't push a guy across the, the like home plate. So yeah. what was, what was kind of said to you from your teammates after you just put you're the biggest nuts in Major League Baseball on the table and said, listen here, I'm, I carved their asses up. Your teammates must have been pumping your tires more than I do. <laughs> I mean, they were pretty, pretty pumped up. Um, I mean, it was a huge point in the game, both those innings, you know, the one I came in in the jam and then the other one, I kind of created the jam, but they were, they were pumped up. I thought we were going to win it right there. Honestly, I thought I'd flip the momentum, you know, not trying to do it, but I just thought that, you know, the momentum was on our side and that our offense was going to get something done. You know, they come through almost every damn time. So I just trusted them to go out there and do it. Took him a few extra innings, but, you know, eventually we got it done. Yeah, it, it was one of the craziest things, man. And it's – um, what has been the response that you've kind of gotten through social media with Braves fans, even Rockies fans reaching out to you? Has it just been all positive? Because it's insane, man. Like, just the, the journey you took. Last year you were playing indie ball. I know I'm not, I'm not going to bring it up like the announcers do, but <laughs> it just must be surreal kind of seeing this kind of reception you're getting because I think there's a fan page of you on Twitter. There has to be with all this stuff you're doing. Yeah, so it's always nice to, you know, be putting in. Um, you know, for me, not worry about, you know, the good things or the bad things that the people are saying, but obviously, I'm, you know, when they say good things, it's it's much better than them saying bad things. Uh, I, look for, I look to, you know, a handful of people in my life that I really care about their opinion. Um, and, and, and so those people, those people I know always have my back and are always going to give me proper advice. I need the Braves. Yeah, man. I mean, if you just look at the Twitter, you search Tyler Matzik. First tweet that pops up is from a Braves fan account talking chop. Tyler Matzik, you're a beautiful man. And then you got John Boy, who's a massive Twitter page, say, Tyler Matzik got brought into this mess and dropped his nuts. What a tweet, by the way. I mean, I wish I would have <laughs> thought of that, man, but – it's it, it's cool, man. I mean, so when you're coming into those games and you see what's going on, the situation, and the coach says to you, Tyler, get up, start getting warm, what's kind of running through your head? Are you a little bit nervous? Is there a little bit of nerves going, maybe mix in some smelling salts, or what's what's happening? Yeah, no smelling salts for me, man. I try and stay as calm as I can. So they call my name. You know, you kind of have a feel of where you're going to be coming in in the game. And, you know, you're looking at their lineup, seeing lefties and righties and, and where you're matching up. And, uh, yeah, so when they call your name, it's kind of like, you know, uh, all right, I knew this I knew this was coming. I'm ready for it. Uh, get on the mound. You got a little quick routine, you know, eight pitches or so. And then uh, I'm ready to go. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm making those warm-up pitches, I got my pitching coach. He's sitting there telling me, hey, you know, you got this hitter. He does this. He does that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're, we're kind of going over the scouting report again. And um, then I just go out there and execute it and do it aggressively. That's the only thing I'm thinking. I'm thinking go out there, be aggressive. If I'm going to win, I'm going to win aggressive. And if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose aggressively. So 
that's that's my thought process right now. Yeah, because for guys like me that are obviously mental midgets, not a great mental state when you come into big situations like that and all that, I would have just been shitting bricks, man. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> and it must, and and be honest, does it help a little bit with no fans there? Because it must the place would have been rocking if if you were coming in in that situation. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly look forward to the fans. You know, I think that it'll it'll kind of amp the whole situation up a little bit more and, um, you know, get that adrenaline flowing, that focus, you know, it, you have to not fear those nerves. You have to be thankful that you have those nerves. Those nerves are telling you something. Those nerves are telling you this is a big situation. It's time to focus. And when you look at it that way, instead of, you know, I got nerves, I'm going to fail. My body, my mind is telling me to focus right now. I'm going to lock in. I'm going to do what I need to do to get, get the job done. Yeah, and I don't even want to know how crazy that field would have been after that strikeout of Moustakas. You would have blew the <laughs> roof off of the building. It would have been insane, man. I could, It would have been bananas. But I believe, actually, is this true? I don't know if this is true. Are they starting to allow fans in for the NLCS? Is that That's what I heard. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. what I heard. I heard some like 12,000 or 11, 11.5. Yeah, okay. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. going to be electric. It's going to be kind of weird. I'll be honest. Like, when I'm watching college football and I see some of the like stadiums like Alabama with fans in there and stuff, it's just so weird to me, man. I can't even it because you're so accustomed to no fans, this bubble like atmosphere. Then you come into that, so it's bananas, man. I mean, I, and I also wanted to talk about the the Twitter war that was going on a couple of days ago with your guy Acuna and Trevor Bauer. How funny was that? Did you happen to catch that? I caught a little bit of it. I, I didn't see the like very first tweet, um, but I saw the video that Bauer put out, and I was just like, all right, man. It's crazy. So this is a total fluff video for himself, but whatever. It is. And and I don't know. Like, I, I don't ha- – I have mixed emotions about that guy. It's because what – he obviously is – what he's doing is good for the game. Obviously, it's growing the game when you have guys subscribe to your YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when you lose in a round like that, obviously carved, should oh, wouldn't it make game. a little bit more sense to, I guess, kind of shy away from social media for a couple days maybe? I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But Ronald Acuna did hit a double off from 111 mile an hour off the wall, postseason record double, uh, or exavilo. So it's just kind of, I don't know, what was the atmosphere like in the Braves locker room for Trevor Bauer? Because obviously he carved. He carved the hitters up. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not me chirping or anything. He carved the hitters up. Yeah, no, he's a great player, man. He's, I mean, he's up there in the NL Cy Young uh, candidacy, and he's a stud player. Uh, you know, but when he – the point of the game was for them to go in and win and that didn't happen. So I think it's hard for you to go in there and say, Hey, I struck out 12 guys, blah, blah, blah. It, it just shows that, you know, it, it's, it, it's about him and that video is about him. And I don't, you know, the Twitter war is about him and Ronald yeah. or whatever, but you know, it's a team sport that we play at the end of the game and that team lost. So um, I don't know that I would shy away from social media. I probably would have just, congratulated him but hey that's him and that's what you said you know he's doing good things for the game I think I think he's bringing a younger generation back into baseball and um you know I'm, I'm happy that he's that he's doing it you know and it's just you kind of have to but when you're up, up on that stage you kind of have to accept the good with the bad and vice versa yeah and I don't know if this is right this is completely off topic um I follow your wife is it her birthday today it is her birthday. Yeah. It's, it's her, her birthday. birthday today. And yeah. Tyler Matzik has took a little time, maybe a 30, 45 minute time off here to do the interview. You just love to see it. Happy birthday, Lauren, by the way. We'll, yeah. we'll just put that on the record, even though it's a dropping next Thursday. Happy belated birthday. 
But I mean, yeah. how weird is that, man, to be celebrating your wife's birthday in a bubble? It must just be insane. Yeah, this is it's just Martha Stewart prison, man. We're like stuck <laughs> sitting in a hotel room all day long. You know, the food gets very monotonous. It's just like the same food over and over again. Um, but you know, it's it's what we have to do to play. And I think, you know, all these guys are we're so bought in on going out there and winning that, you know, we'll just sacrifice with, you know, our families and our time to to go ahead and make our dreams come true. So um, you know, if we go ahead and do all this stuff and we go ahead and lose it, this is not going to be worth it. So I think it puts a little bit more, uh, you know, more gasoline on the fire that, you know, if we're going to sacrifice all this time and all this effort, you know, let's go ahead and win this thing. So, you know, I think that's where we're at. Um, it's disappointing or it's, I know my wife's disappointed that she has to celebrate her birthday in a bubble, but, uh, you know, she's part of this journey too. And, uh, you know, sacrifices have to be made and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, no, it it is crazy. I wanted to also bring up the, the team that you, that's playing around you. First of all, we have a guy that just is Canada's angel. I guess I call him Canada. He's not really Canadian. He played for Team Canada World Baseball Classic. Freddie Freeman, MV Free, as the kids call him around Atlanta. What's this yeah. guy like? Because this guy, I would do just about anything to have a conversation with this guy. He looks like he's born and raised in an electric factory. What's Freddie Freeman like? Honestly, man, he's a very calm, cool, collected guy. Um you know, I've been around some other guys that are, you know, very good at baseball and they they have to work very, very hard. I feel like Freddie is just so naturally talented that baseball is the easiest damn thing for him. It's the easiest thing he does all day. He just goes out there and puts up MVP numbers, plays a stellar defense. And, I mean, the man puts his work in, don't get me wrong, but it's just he makes it look so easy. He's, you know, he's just – he makes it look so easy. That's the thing. It's just, it's baseball is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And I I've said it time and time again, I despise those guys that where they just wake up in the morning and they'll hit three forty. He's one of those guys, man. Right. I mean, he has, <laughs> he, to, is. He, he wakes up and he can hit 95. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's one of the coolest things. What's the coolest thing, I guess, that you've seen this year when you're in the bullpen watching the game, or just like um, just a crazy player, just a crazy display of athleticism that you've seen so far this year. Honestly, man, when we put up 29, watching our offense do that in that one game, it was unbelievable. Because usually you get ahead <laughs> yeah. by like five, six, seven. The offense kind of turns it off. Our guys were just crushing baseballs. It was a home run derby um, in a regular season game. And it was – I mean – it took forever to get the game over with because we were scoring football numbers, but it was an amazing feat just to watch those guys go out there and do what they can do. You know, we're talented. They're talented one through nine in our lot in our lineup. Any guy can get you. And, um, you know, that day they just, it all came together and it was very, very impressive to watch all those guys do that. Dude. And credit to me, I bet on the Braves that game sharp, whatever, easy money. <laughs> but um, the next, I want to mention another player also because this guy is taking the major leagues by storm, obviously. If you have a pulse, you know anything about the game of baseball, you know who this guy exists. Ronald Acuna, what is this guy like? Yeah, I mean, he's a young kid. He, uh, I think him getting underneath uh, Ozuna, you know, kind of Ozuna kind of brought him under his wing. And um, I think he's really going to mature into a special player. I mean, his numbers are already, you know, early trout numbers, and guys are kind of comparing him to that. And I think – I think he could do that. You know, I think, uh, you know, he struggled with a little bit of injury this year, 
And if he would have stayed healthy the whole time, I think he would have been, you know, right up there with the MVP candidates and all this stuff and all those accolades that, you know, that guy is more than capable of getting. Um, off the field, he's just a quiet kid, man. He really is. You know, he kind of keeps to himself. He just shows up and just crushes baseballs. And then he plays a great defense and he just goes out there and have, has fun, man. Every, every day you see him smiling, but he's just a nice quiet kid in the clubhouse and, you know, a real uh, a treat to have on the team, honestly. Yeah, he he is something else, man. I mean, he's just the swag he has on the ma- on the field. Sorry, everything he does, he just oozes. I mean, for a young kid like that, like he's so confident in himself, and you know, he, he pulls through most times, and yeah. uh, it's really impressive. No, oh, it's it's insane. What was the first interaction you have with this guy? Like, does he is there a language barrier? Because I don't know if he speaks fully English, right? Yeah, he speaks good enough English where you can talk to him. But uh, like I said, he's quiet. He doesn't really talk much in Spanish or in English. He just kind of keeps to himself. He's got his boys he talks to, um, you know, and and he's not afraid to talk to anybody. He just, uh, you know, kind of sits back and watches everybody and kind of observes and then just goes out there and crushes baseball, man. The man was made to hit hit some of the best backside juice I've ever seen in the game. He he hits balls and you're like, that's not, oh, and there it goes. Okay, that's out of here. All right. (laughs) You know, it's like it surprises you every time, every single time. Yeah, it's what he does with the like when he hits the ball, it looks like a golf shot. Like it just continues to just traject like the trajectory. What a big word, by the way. Just continue. <laughs> it just rises. It's incredible, man. This guy is going to be something in the game of baseball for such a long time, especially for the Braves. He's going to and I believe he just signed a deal, right? He signed like a cheap ticket, I think. Well, cheap for uh, what he's a few worth. years ago. Yeah. 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 A few years ago. I think, you know, just. I don't know the deal. I haven't really talked to him about it. Uh, I think it was probably a good deal for him just to be a guaranteed thing. I know the Braves love him and I know he loves the Braves. Um, you know, it's a winning organization. I think they wanted to build around him and he wanted to, to win. So he knows that, uh, you know, this is a spot for him to go ahead and win. And, you know, that's what, you know, guys like me are the little pieces that are supposed to be put onto that, you know, big old puzzle to, to figure out how to get a championship. So that's what, uh, that's what we're doing. Dude, yeah, you're. I mean, yeah, I, I, that definitely makes sense. Just, he's the kind of guy you want to build your team around. And you said he's quiet. So let's go into this. Who is the funniest, most talkative guy on the Braves? The guy like me, the guy, the locker room, the gel guy that everyone loves. Oh, probably Luke Jackson, guy in our bullpen, man. He is comedy. He's a walking comedian who is just always got something to say, full of energy. Um, you know, he shows up at the ballpark. And he's putting smiles on people's faces. He's keeping it light. Could be the most stressful game or, you know, just another game. And he's, he's putting people in the right mood, just has great energy at the ballpark. And uh, yeah, man, he, for guys like that on the team, like it actually, it really helps because playing game every single day can get very, very uh, monotonous and just having a guy on that squad that can, and lighten things up for him. It's, it's a huge thing. So, yeah, it's definitely him, and he's he's great. Yeah, and, and he also is pretty nasty at the game of baseball, too, so that helps when you got all oh, that yeah. stuff going for you. I mean – Oh, hell yeah. It's it just it, – it, what's, the, like, the team atmosphere like? So, after that, after you guys clinched that playoff spot, you clinched the NL East, you're not allowed to pop bottles because Rob Manfred, coward, not allowed to celebrate, not allowed to have fun in the game <laughs> of baseball – so what was it like? Like, were you allowed to rip cigars, or what? What was that atmosphere like after you clinched the NLEs? Uh, it was weird, man. Honestly, like, it was just kind of—it's just awkward, man. Like, we've 
all, you know, worked so hard to go out there and pop bottles and then you can't at all. So it was kind of just high fives and hugs and, you know, I'm proud of you kind of thing. You know, we got our t-shirts and hats and then, um, went to the clubhouse, you know, and that's pretty much it. Weird. It is so weird. It is so weird. But when we win the world series, man, believe we're going to be popping bottles then. I don't care what uncle Rob says then. Well, uncle Robbie can't stop that. (laughs) It is bananas that he genuinely thinks like, you popping champagne there it's it creates coronavirus just by popping the champagne you immediately get it it's just it's just he hates fun just say it if this is my thing about rob manfred if you if if he just said openly i hate fun and i don't want to grow the game of baseball i'd be completely content with some of the stuff he does but he doesn't you understand it yeah he's trying (laughs) to grow the game but he just does the dumbest shit ever but let's go into your next competitor i mean Miami Marlins, what the hell? I mean, the bottom feeders, everyone called them. They're just out of nowhere. You got guys on this team that are just decided to be nasty at baseball again. And you, ha- and you got the Braves and the Marlins. If I would have told you when we did our first interview in spring training that you would be facing the Miami Marlins in the NLDS, I would have got roasted on social media for even just bringing <laughs> up the Marlins. So, I mean, I know. What, what's going into that, your game plan, going into, like facing a team that just surprised the Cubs? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, they, they might have surprised the Cubs, but it didn't surprise us. You know, we've been playing them all year. We know they're a good team. Um, they got a lot of young, talented guys, a lot of young pitchers that are very, very good. You know, they've been trading trading guys, and, and you know, maybe they're a, a year or two uh, early from what they were expected, but it doesn't surprise us. they got the talent. going to be a good uh, series, but, you know, I think we'll we'll be able to pull it out. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it's definitely bananas because even if you look at the American League, you look at the Toronto Blue Jays, my Toronto Blue Jays, no one would ever thought they would have made the playoffs. So it's just a crazy, crazy year going on here. I mean, you had the Padres almost lose to the Cardinals, and then you got the Marlins beat the Cubs, sweep 2 nothing. You got the Astros making out of the wild card series. Just to, to cap off the crazy 2020 of the weirdest shit happening of all time, it's bananas. And they have a guy on that team on the Marlins who – is even though if you're playing him, you can just kind of sit back and say, this guy's nasty, Sixto Sanchez. Have you got a chance to watch this guy pitch? He's disgusting. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've watched him, man, and he's he's the real deal, honestly. He's got uh, – that's what it is. The hitters come back, and they're like, that's tough. That's tough to hit. I can't see it. Or they just – they do not feel comfortable at the plate. And, you know, that's the first step is making the hitter feel uncomfortable. After that, you've already won – you know, we already, you already got a leg up. So, uh, you know, he's got some nasty stuff and he's a good guy. Good pitcher. Yeah, no, he, he's a good pitcher. and He's going to be a good pitcher for a really long time, man. And there's one guy that's going to be a good pitcher for a really long time. He got hurt this year. Canada's angel. One of the guys that's just disgusting at the game of baseball, Mike Soroka. Um, what was that atmosphere like in the locker room when you guys kind of realized our ace is out for the rest of the year and maybe going into a little bit of next year? What was that atmosphere like? Yeah, I mean, there it was definitely depressing right when it happened. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you just feel for a guy. You know what he's capable of doing. You know what he meant to the team. And, um, you know, he just – it was an unfortunate injury. It's one of those random weird baseball injuries that shouldn't happen. Um, but, yeah, it was like a little bit of a depressing time for his. And then we kind of had to just, you know – get out of that hole and out and um 
move forward. And, you know, we've had some guys step up in his spot and, you know, Freed's had an um, amazing year. Uh, Anderson came up and he's been solid. Kyle Wright's got it going. Uh, you know, Bryce Wilson's doing a great job. He Noah's done a great job. You know, these are all young, young guys um, that have come on and, and stepped up. I was thinking about that the other day and looking at your pitching staff and looking at the guys you haven't even called up yet. Kyle Muller, wink, wink. It is going to be scary hours to face the Braves pitching staff and their bullpen in a couple of years. Am I right? I mean, Jesus Christ, Ian Anderson. I think he had a one nine six ERA. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's, uh, they're going to be good. You know, I think when I first came over last year, um, you know, I was in triple a and I was looking around and I was like, wow, like, I know what you guys have in double A. I know what you guys got here. I'm looking around going, how am I factoring into this? Like these guys are all nasty. They are just so talented guys. This is unbelievable. And so to see these guys mature and to get where they're at uh, is going to be something very, very special. You know, they all have the stuff. There's no question about that. Um, You know, and I think having a guy, having really two guys now that are, you know, 21, 22 years old, you know, and Soroka and Ian Anderson, who have kind of, you know, matured in a way where normal 21, 22 year olds don't, you know, they're, they're going to kind of lay that, lay that road for the rest of the guys to follow. And it's going to be something special to watch. Oh, it's going to be scary hours. You just hate to see it if you're facing the Braves, but let's go back into you for a second, because like I said, when you came in, you came out of nowhere from the, from this journey. What, if you were a stock right now, would you say that stock price is high? Because it has to be. That high leverage situation, what you've been able to show this year, would you say that that Tyler Matzik stock a comeback from hell if you're looking back at the Colorado Rockies days, right? Yeah, I'd have to say so. You know, like it's – it was way down and I feel like it's up now. But, um, you know, it's – it can change any day. And so I just keep working and, you know, keep my head down and keep going and – uh just want to go out there and pitch, man. That's honestly what it's all about. I, I do it for free. I just want to go out there and compete and compete with some of the best in the world. So that's, that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's the best hitter you played this year? Or like, who's the guy that got your ass? Cause not many guys got your ass this year, but who's the hitter that you just could you couldn't get him out this year. Just the guy that just mashed. Uh, you know, we didn't play that many times against guys. You know what I mean? But um, one guy I definitely didn't, like, feel comfortable facing, just looking at film and all that stuff, was probably DJ LeMayhew. I'm sitting there oh looking at God. him. He's been – he was so hot this year that I'm sitting there looking at his swing and I'm looking at my stuff and I'm like, I don't know if I can get this guy out. Like, <laughs> do I go in? Do I go out? Do I go up? Do I, what, what, what do I do here? Uh, you know, I think he just got a base hit off of me and I think I walked him the other time. But – um that was the only time I was sitting there looking around, like, or just, you know, sitting there looking at the film and thinking like, I don't think I have anything to get this guy out with. So, all right, well, let's just hope something good happens, I guess. And didn't, but um, yeah, I mean, he just, he's such a talented player that it's, it's, it's hard to game plan for that guy. It is. And he's a machine. I believe they call him the machine. I'm not sure if that's what his nickname is, but they have to call him the machine. But Mir Gary yesterday or a couple of days ago said this on his stream. Um, that he thinks that the Cubs lineup and the Braves line, like the Cubs lineup is one of the best in the league. Who do you think is the best league in Major League Baseball? Like the best lineup, sorry, in, my, in Major League Baseball? 
I think when all of our pieces are clicking, we are definitely up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got, it's got to be a nightmare facing you. You got Ozuna, right? Who is just, he's almost an MVP. And then you got, he's protecting Freeman and he's protecting Ronald Acuna. You know what I mean? Like that's a one, two, three. That's probably the best in baseball, you know, and the rest of the guys, you've got Duvall who's up there, you know, you got, Everybody who's up there that's are just studs, you know, and we can put up crooked numbers very, very quickly. You know, I think it's, I guess we were talking about a little, a little earlier. I think a sneaky lineup to face, maybe not individual hitters, but lineup is probably the Marlins. You know, they're a very scrappy team. They know how to push runs across. Um, you know, they got some guys that'll hurt you, but really they're just situational hitters and they do it very, very well. And they're kind of like an old school um, lineup in a in a home run hitting strikeout era you know what I mean and um, you know that's kind of tough because teams are built to to strike guys out and try not to give up home runs but to go out there and, and have to deal with that you know well situational hitting lineup is is not easy to do yeah, the Mar the Marlins just I mean they, I don't know they just came out of nowhere I I called the Cubs in two when we uh, in our playoff preview so I was obviously a moron but I'm not making that mistake again we're gonna we're gonna be riding with the Braves here we're riding with the Bravos for the rest of the year but um yeah man I mean it's the last thing I wanted to bring up here can we can we guarantee a hundred out of you because you're getting you're getting sneaky close <laughs> you're getting sneaky close man. Trust me, I want it more than anybody else. I've been trying to for a very long time. I was able to hit 99 when I was 18, and then I didn't do it again until I was 28. And then I've done it two times this year. So I, I really want that 100. You know, I've been close, and that's my honestly like a little tiny goal for me. Obviously, first is to go out there and succeed and do well, but I mean, hitting 100 is everybody's dream, right? Yeah, and Kyle said Kyle said this in our interview a, m- a couple months ago that at your park at the Braves Park, they have the radar gun in eye distance of the like the pitcher can see what he's throwing on miles. Is that yeah. true? Is that were, yeah? It's right there. Were you looking out a little? You had to be a little bit, a little bit of peak looking up if you're throwing the triple digits. Yeah, I like to know where it's at. You know, not just because I'm like trying to throw hard, but because I like to know what that stuff is that day you know do I have the velo to get past the hitter or not and uh but I mean yeah I'm looking at it a little selfishly I'm trying to trying to peek if I'm getting up or close to there and if I got a shot that day I'm like all right maybe we'll let one of these really go and see if I can get that yeah maybe you should hit me up with like a text if, if you're feeling good a certain day and be like Johnny I, I'll be honest with you Johnny a hundred it might be coming today if I get the call in just maybe <laughs> let, let me know a little bit and this is uh, the last thing actually here can you guarantee that emotion again? Because that emotion broke, like that kind of emotion you had on the mound after that strikeout broke the internet. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if your name was trending in Atlanta or Georgia because it was just <laughs> everywhere. Tyler Matzik, let's go. That picture on Instagram, by the way, that the Braves posted, holy hell. Well, I mean, I want to get that framed on this wall where you're just, ah, the hands are crossed, let's go. So can we guarantee that emotion again? Because that's just the coolest shit ever. I love to see it. Yeah, you know, for so long, I was so afraid to show emotion, you know, that, you know, I was going to show somebody or something like that. But now it's, yeah, I got no problem showing emotion. If it's what it takes for the team to win and it takes for me to get, you know, get in the right mindset to go out there and do it, I got no problem showing emotion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll guarantee you what, I mean, we're emotional creatures, you know, stop trying to fight it, just embrace it and use it. So that's what I'm doing. And there you have it, folks. I mean, a recurring guest, a friend of the show, and not to pump my own tires here, 
But I, if you go back into the logs, I called he was going to be nasty this year. People are so <laughs> quick to forget. I get called a dummy all the time on the internet from people. But I got this one right. I told the people he's going to be an absolute gem on the mound this year. It's a guy that I would risk a liver for, a guy that I would take a fall for. It's my friend, front of the show, potential World Series champ. We'll see. Tune into the NLDS. Tyler Matzik, man, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.